Episode two, it's here, you know it, you love it. And I gotta say, I'm loving the love. You know, thank you and shout out to everybody that supported, you know, giving their ideas, their hot takes to us, because they felt inspired. We had a lot of kind words, and I really love that. It means a lot to me, it means a lot to Ali, it means a lot to Lucas, and we really do appreciate it. So keep it up, because it keeps us going, it fuels the fire, and a couple shout-outs, you know, shout-out Von John, I see him studying, listening to the podcast. Shout-out Mac Daddy Meehan, and shout-out Lutzi for getting his love all the way down at the U. Ali, did you want to... Yeah, I wanted to shout out Brigham's Johnson. You know, he was someone I didn't know that well, but he did reach out to me and said he really appreciated the first episode and to keep going and even gave me some tips on the podcasting realm of the world. So I'm really excited to keep it going. And also, shout out Ryan Frimmer. He said he gave it a listen. So Big Daddy Frim, you know him, you love him. But today, we're going to be talking about some spicy things. You know, we got a little Draymond, bro. What's going on with that? I don't know. We'll do a little update on the Stardom Sidham, talk a little D'Amico Ryan, CJ Stroud MVP campaign, talk a little Josh Dobbs. That man can ball. Skull! But we got a big podcast today, so stay tuned. Again, stay fired up because we're coming at you. You know, new to us, new to the NBA, and new to you guys is the uh, the in-season tourney. And I can't say I knew too much about it going into this podcast. I can't say I really knew too much about it today. But a little guy, I can't even say that he's a fan of the podcast, but I hope he is. Goes by the name of Steph Curry. He's here. Wardell. Almost in a Bill Nye way-esque. Is here to uh, tell us and inform us how it works. So, uh, Steph, uh, you know, take it away. Take the time to read the situation. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, I love the commentary around. Nobody knows what's going on. But if you actually just take a second, take a deep breath, and understand there are six groups, and whoever has the best record out of the six groups and two wild cards go, and then you play a bracket from there and try to get to Vegas, the Final Four, play two games. Championship is an extra game, but there's monetary stakes on the line and then everybody else who doesn't make the the, uh, the bracket gets regular season games made up pretty simple if you just so you know you got some money in there obviously but any competitive sports player anybody that loves the game that they play is is gonna do and is gonna love kind of a tournament style thing, right? Where you're competing against other teams, you come together, you do a championship. It's really the finals before the finals and it sets the stakes and I think the players love and I kinda love that. But uh, you know, here to give us his take is NBA enthusiast Luca Versacale. Um, yeah, so personally I'm a fan of the in season tournament. Um I think it's definitely a way to make the regular season more competitive. Um, and I think that we've seen, like, just by fan engagement and uh, the uh, audience's level of enthusiasm around these games, it definitely has uh, brought a new sense of joy to the regular season. Um, some of the teams, I think, that have stood out in this in-season tournament are the Pacers, um, Tyrese Halliburton more specifically. Um, he Just in his last two games, he has 32 assists, zero turnovers, um, an unreal 
turnover to assist ratio. Um, other teams like the Heat winning their group. The Lakers have looked good in their group. And uh, a team that have stood out to me for sure since the start of the season is the Timberwolves. Um, I think Ant is a top two shooting guard in the league right next to Booker. Um, I think he could win Clutch Player of the Year going back to our awards segment. And um, I think that the Timberwolves could make it into the second round of the playoffs this year with guys like Cat, Rudy, and uh, Ant leading the way. Yeah, I mean, Ant's playing unreal right now. He's averaging 26.5 points, almost six rebounds and six assists on 46% field goal percentage. I mean, that's that's unreal numbers. That's numbers that's going to put you in that MVP race, honestly. For sure. I'm really, really happy to see it. You know, hometown boy repping the Wolves. And, um, you know, last night, really shitty game, to be honest. 13, 4, and 4, and minus 29 in the plus minus. So that definitely didn't help. But in his whole campaign throughout the season, I think it's been great. And I'm excited to see what he can do because we needed a leader like this because Cat was not getting it done. Yeah, no, and I agree. They have pieces around Ant, like Conley, and guys like Nas Reed. Guys they bring in that could help take the scoring off of Ant. And if Conley can shoot the way he's started the season, I think they could definitely make it far in the playoffs. You know, and it's obviously not the bubble, but almost what the bubble did to us, you know, kind of gave it almost an in-season tourney type of feel, you know, where obviously in the bubble it was the playoffs, it was the finals, but it didn't almost feel real. I feel that this does the same. You know, it gives teams that really might not make it that far or be championship contenders to make it that far and put their name on the map. And I kind of love that. I kind of love that the NBA is doing that for maybe some lower market teams, but it makes it exciting. It keeps you guessing. I was a bit skeptical at first. I'm not going to lie. But now I'm Who kind wasn't? of a fan. I love, of course, what Steph said, the monetary value, but that's really not what it's about. It's about winning. It's about that competitive edge. And uh, yeah, in season tourney, fire up. No, I mean, there's been a lot of players that have said in press conferences and interviews after games and such where they're like, you know, you don't really know what it is, but there is some sort of feeling that gives it more of a, a, of, a of a feeling than the regular season. You know, you mm. have that that tension, that 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 conundrum. It, it's mm. crazy, you know? And, um, I like that. You know, I wouldn't say it's anything like the playoffs, but it's something there. So y- you like to see it. They just want to feel. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Five rounds of nonstop fighting, and you love to see it. Because right now, you're thinking, hey, is Bruce Buffer on the podcast? No, it's me, Cooper Schoenberg. Are we talking UFC? No, we're actually talking NBA. And we're talking about a little brawl, a little throwback, 2004, Malice at the Palace. But what is this? Malice at the Golden State Warriors. Now... Anytime that there's a little fight, you love it. You know, it gives a little tingle in the balls, makes the hair on your neck stand up a little bit, and you got to love it. Even on your kugel sometimes. On the kugel and on the arse, but it keeps you guessing. It's fun. It's playful, and they're playing with each other. So I don't know if you guys caught it, but um, this week, Timberwolves, Warriors, good old matchup. And um, let's say things got a little chippy. And, of course, if you're a good player in the NBA, if you're an effort guy, you're going to box out, right? So I believe Clay went to go and box out um, Jada McDaniels. A shot was put up. Clay put his arm on McDaniels. And, uh, well, Jaden, he didn't like that too much. He slapped the arm, and that's going to start chippiness and chirping right away. And they both grabbed each other by the jersey. I believe Jaden yanked him. 
Clay got him back by yanking him too, but they're holding on to each other, so they're just flying all over the floor. And boom! Gets me even a little scared. Out of nowhere comes Draymond <laughs> kicking in the nuts green, putting Gobert, the Frenchman, who I don't even know. like In I, a I, mother I, fucking chokehold. I think he was just trying to break it up. I don't even think it was anything like that. But he just full-on suplex. You know, Randy Orton coming out of nowhere. John Cena, you can't see me. My time is now. But, and just but, puts him in a chokehold. And I was surprised. I mean, I, I was more surprised than anything. But I, I got to admit it. As much as people shit on Draymond, yep, he same. brings some excitement. Yes. And it's, oh and it's, God, and it's funny. Dude. It's funny. All I'm going to say is if I had Draymond on my team, I, I'd love him to do the same exact thing. Love I mean, him. Steve Kerr loved it. Um, I think Steph probably loved it from the from the bench. He truly embodies the Steven Jackson quote, and I think you know what I'm about to say. We ride together, man. We ride together, <laughs> man. And you gotta love it because that's what you want out of your teammate. You know, he's someone that's true, gonna be there for you. He is a true rebel and he's a true hustler. And I love it. Look, I, I truly love it. it. It almost seems like I make a connection back to my team and that I talk about him a lot. But my favorite team of all time, 1989-1990, Detroit Bad Boys, who won the NBA championship in dominant style because of their tough play and their physicality. And unfortunately, it's not a way that the NBA plays anymore, and it's progressed to a more advanced uh, play type and skill set. But I wish that there was that same type of fight and physicality that there was back then because these players are fighting every single game, and the fans love it, the players love it, the coaches love it. The only people that don't love it are the higher-ups, the commissioners, you know, Adam the Alien Silver. But <laughs> you got to love it out of Draymond and, and no hate, no hate at all because he's sticking up for his teammate. He's getting in there, and you truly do love to see it. Um, yeah, and I think this could definitely have sparked a new rivalry in the NBA. I mean, we look at a team like the Lakers in the West last year um, and a young Grizzlies team. I see the same thing, this Dynasty Warriors team and this young, improving uh, Timberwolves team. Um, we've seen Ant preseason talking about who he wants to see in the playoffs. He wants to see the Warriors. He hates Draymond. He said he's the biggest trash talker in the league. And I think that this has just uh, bro boiled the pot over no, it, it, it stirs the pot and it boils the water over to the point where things are going to get chippy and they're going to stay chippy. Thanks. But you love those everlasting rivalries, something that lingers a little bit. So we'll see. I don't know when the next time they meet is, but if there's a little chirping, a little chippiness, maybe another fight breaks out and you love to see it. All right, but getting away from that little altercation, let's talk about the real issue here with the Timberwolves and what I think has been the issue for many years now, it's Carl Anthony Towns. Mm -hmm. You know, people are always going to say to me, and they have, Ollie, why do you hate so much on Cat? You know, he's done so much for the team. He's he's such a phenomenal player. No, he's not. And he hasn't done shit. He's led us to a few playoff appearances, and we've had first-round exits, and he, he bitches and moans all game long. If you've ever watched a Timberwolves game and the whole game, you will be crying and bleeding out of your eyes and ears because he literally complains to the refs, his teammates, and his coaches all game long, and you can see on everyone's faces that is involved with the Timberwolves during a game oh my God, I want to sock this guy in the face because he has so much ability and potential and he wastes his energy and time on fucking bitching and moaning. So I'm really not with it. He should have been traded last summer and I don't know why they didn't. 
I'm not a cat guy. But what I will say is Anthony Edwards is here and he is calling because he is having a phenomenal season. And, 27 and, points a game. And let me just six say six rebounds and six assists on 47% on a field goal percentage. Those those stats that you just mentioned, very impressive. And as one of our good friends Andy Hinge would say, he's him. Right? <laughs> he's him. Um, but yeah, no, Ann Edwards going off. No, I'm he's I mean this is MVP like candidacy yeah. numbers. I I'm very happy to see it. Horrible game last night, but uh we're not gonna talk about that. Yeah, and no. um I think Ant has proven this season he's by far the best player and the go to guy on that team. I mean I think no, Kat, he's taking the keys. Yeah, 100%. taking the keys for sure. And I think the organization has given it to him too. I think they've moved past Cat. I think they're ready to get rid of him. And I think that they defer to uh Ant late game, he's he's that clutch player, that fourth quarter go to guy for them. So as long as he continues to be that guy for them, I think there's no question where the ball will end up. He also loves Minnesota. Like he literally said, like I got baptized in Lake Minnetonka. Like I love it. So um yeah, Timberwolves are looking great right now. Ooh. Ah a little surprise. And a little surprise player from the NBA. That's what we're going to be talking about here. You know, someone that just makes you uh, makes you think, makes your head turn a little bit, makes you wonder. Whoa. Oh, wait. I didn't see you there. Yeah. Uh, you can ball. So we're going to be talking about that, whether it's a rookie, whether it's a vet. Shout out to the bitches that are holding down the set. Hey, shout out Drake. That's my guy. Um, but, um, you know, we're going to be talking about players that have really made our heads turn and made us think, oh, wow. Yeah, you're here and you're here to stay. Luca, you want to start it off? I'd love to. Um, all right. So the first player that uh, I think has had a surprising start and definitely broke out of this rookie class is Jordan Hawkins um, from New Orleans. He's averaging 13 to 7. 13.7 points per game, an assist per game, and four rebounds in a few minutes. He's one of three rookies, including Coop's boy Marcus Sasser and Victor Webinyama, to have over 25 points in a game this season. He had 31 versus the national champions Denver Nuggets um, in their first in-season tournament, and he just set the rookie record for most threes through the first eight games in NBA history with 27. So I think he's had uh, a great start to the year. Uh, we saw what he could do at UConn, definitely a baller, and I just think he's gotten the opportunity in New Orleans. He's in a perfect situation where he can just shoot the ball and play defense and um, I think we will see a bright future for him for sure Alright, I'm going to talk about somebody that yes he's a surprise and he always will be and you know what maybe he doesn't put up so many numbers on the court but he, he gives an effect and it's that motherfucking Dylan Brooks effect I saw a clip last night oh of him standing still without blinking for five minutes straight before the game. That is focus, that's determination, and that's locking the fuck in. I love Dylan Brooks. I think he has to do a little bit better at respecting his elders and respecting, you know, giving respect where it's due, but you gotta love it. He goes to a, a team that's young in the Houston Rockets, and he gives them kind of that bad boy, like, we gonna do what we want. I'm gonna lock him the fuck up, whatever. I mean, I'm looking at his profile picture right now, <laughs> and, and it, I mean, is, it is just it's staring but me it, in but the it, eyes, but I'm, I'm a little scared and intimidated. But he's also like he's he's a good player. He's a like good he, player. He's also he can, shooting he's good a percentage. Great, I think yeah, he's like, shooting the highest three point percentage in the league right now. And Houston, who almost they, in a they, similar they, position as the Pistons, but taking a couple more steps forward as the Pistons are doing horrible. 
as much as I hate to say it, Houston had made some plays by getting Brooks and Fred Van Vliet, but getting these guys that work well with your young Bucks, they're they're doing great this season. I think they got a winning record, and you love to see it. Hundred percent. And Houston's had a rough, rough like five, six years, really ever since that Harden era kind of stopped, and. They, they're finally getting the basketball culture back. You know, I see a lot of people at these games. Travis has been popping about. Shout out to Cactus Jack. And um, I'm happy to see it. And I, I owe a lot of this to Dylan Brooks. So good shit. Yeah, no. And I know for sure people were shitting on them um, before the season started with some of their signings and some of the money they gave to guys like Dylan Brooks and guys like Fred Van Vliet. But clearly it's work surrounding guys like Jalen Green and their other young talent. Um, I definitely think Dylan Brooks is in his – Villain arc stage, and uh, this is rebound season. So, yep. All right, I guess it's my turn. I'll take it over. Um, someone that's kind of made my head turn a little bit and made me think to myself is a guy from Canada on a team that I don't necessarily love, but the splits, the stats have been unprecedented, have been unbelievable. Back to back Canadian players, by the way. Love that. You do kind of you love do, you that. love it. You love Shout it. Shout out O Canada, the motherland. But I got RJ Barrett of the New York Knicks. I mean, yeah. Luke is happy right now. But this guy is averaging twenty two, three and three. Shout out Rowan. Hey. 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 But this guy's averaging twenty two, three and three. You know, six and four is their record. And when you have a winning record, you think, okay, well, his his good play is making a positive impact on the team. But what really sticks out to me is Previous to the season, his highest three-point percentage was 40. His others were 31%, 34, 32, 40. Right now, he is shooting 50% from three flat. His field goal percent, 43, 40, 44, 40. This year, 48%. So taking giant leaps in his stats, taking giant leaps in his splits. That's why he surprised me. Keep up the good play, RJ. You'll love to see it. All right, um, kind of a weekly thing that we're going to be doing and checking up on, keeping you updated, is the stardom, sit in the NFL fantasy again. PPR, it's the only way to go. But I guess getting right into it, I want to recap my picks last week because I'm kind of fired up for them. Okay, before I start, five for six. That's the number, five, four, six. I guess let's go with my sit In the whole premise the whole point of this is to give you players that are good that i think you should sit and to give you players that are either slept on mediocre or good not great not what i'm not going to go out there and tell you hey you know start cd lamb hey start christian mccaffrey that's not going to happen but um anyways getting right into it my sit-ums were saquon barkley gus edwards derrick henry all of them you should have sit saquon put up 7.1 points. I mean, they gave him a lot of carries, but again, going against a good run defense, he wasn't there. Gus Edwards didn't play awful, 9.8 points, sub-10, sub-double digits. Again, Browns, they're a hard team, but that's why you don't start them. There probably was a better option that you could have put in there. Got you maybe a point more, maybe two, three, four, five, ten, twenty. 10, 20. I don't know, but I think that there was a better option there. Derrick Henry, that's my proud pick. Um, Titans put up six points against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, obviously, you know, you got Vita Vea, Devin White, Levante, David, great defense there. They held him to three points. Obviously, you're going to start that any day of the week. So I'm proud of my sit because I kept you guys safe out there. 
One, my stardoms. There was one that did not hit, and I'm sorry because little bias. He's been on my fantasy team. I've been hoping that he has turned the corner. I thought he was going to have a breakout season this year, and he hasn't, and he proved me wrong this week. Calvin, next time I'm going to throw a bat on you not to do good. He put up four points, abysmal. I'm starting to see that there's a lot of weapons on that team. Christian Kirk, obviously, ETN, but um, I think I'm going to start straying away from mentioning my own league. However, Michael Pittman has been that guy all season, and he did it again. Put up a good 16.4. You can't ask for much more. That's just good, solid play from the kid. And finally, I was so high on him last week. I'm still so high on him since I picked him up four weeks ago. What'd I say? 15 points, 17, 16, and he did it all over again. Putting up 16.1, gotten the touchdown, even though they lost because they suck. Bill's tight end, Dalton Kincaid. You know him, you love it, and you love to see it. Whatever. That's a blast from the past. That's history. You know, they call today the present because it's a present. And um, we're going to do the new stardom sit-ups. Ollie, yeah. you want to give your takes for the week, and then I'll do mine? Yeah, so interesting, excited. interesting you said Saquon because I'm actually going to go against that. Love that. You know what? Really shitty week last week. Well, well Saquon last week, but yes. he could bounce back. No, no, no. So that's so that I'm I'm going for the bounce back, and the Giants need a bounce back straight up. That, I mean, they need Fully. they need a full reset, and yeah. that's what they can get this week when they're playing the Commanders. Hundred percent. Hey, bring it up. Come on. Um. Yeah. So they're playing the Commanders, a four and six team. Saquon's had weird year. I don't think weird. he's done anything really that great, yeah. but. The, the Giants have not been that great yeah. at all. They've actually been really shitty, and it's really disappointing, and they need some life to them. I think Saquon's going to fucking go off this I, week. I mean, going against the Commanders, who I, just gave away their two biggest assets on defense, Sweat yeah. and Young. So exactly, I think he's going to exactly. attack that D-line, and, yeah. and I love that take. I and, mean, the amount of carries that they give him per game, that's going to make you think, okay, he can just pop off for one because there's nobody there. There's nobody so there to get him. my predictions is... And you should start Saquon Barkley. But also my prediction is the Giants are going to win that fucking game. Wow. They're going to win that game, Bold and take. Saquon's about to go off. Start Saquon Barkley. Okay, time for a sit I am going to sit, and I would advise everybody to do, Rashad White. He should be sitting. And he's had a great year. Do not get me wrong. I love Rashad White. Shout out Team IFA, Minnesota. Come on. There it is. But... He is playing the San Francisco 49ers this week, and they have Chase Young, Nick Bosa, and a lot of motherfucking guys that going to get that. Yeah, they going to get that. They going to get it. So, Rashad White, you're not going to have a good week. You've been having a great season, but this week is not your week, and you would be face- wasting a slot on your starting lineup if you start Rashad White. I love that. So, I love no. That. Okay. Um, I guess I'll take over. I love those takes, and uh, hopefully you guys like mine. So, starting... Simple, very slept on this year. He's a rookie from my home state, out of Mish State. I got Jaden Reed. He's been playing phenomenal. I think he's put up a couple touchdowns this season, put up a touchdown last week, put up a touchdown three weeks ago. I'm loving what he's doing. You know, Jordan Love finding the young connection there, and you love to see it. But he's going against the Chargers. 
27th ranked defense against wide receivers, letting up 41 to my Lions last week. So I think a burger is in play to be dropped, and I think Jaden Reed gets one. And that's a guy that you can easily put at your flex if you got a lot of players on by and someone that you should definitely um, consider starting. And yeah, Jaden Reed, he's there. Another guy that I love with Cam Akers out for the season. You got Alexander Madison dealing with some injuries this week. Ty Chandler, the young buck, stepping up to the plate. What a shitty trade for fucking Cam Akers. I Mm. mean, just Mm. didn't add anything. I mean, I kind of saw it coming, but it's fine because you got a guy. I think if he stayed healthy, it would have helped. Sure, but it's fine because you got a guy like Ty Chandler, and you're going against a team in the Denver Broncos that are ranked dead last against run defense. And Chandler got in, I believe it was 10 carries for 45 yards, and he got in the end zone last week. And you love to see it, and I think he's easily going to get in the end zone this week. I think his projection right now stands at 12.2, and I'm never a fan of the projections. And it's they, a night they, game. They never end up. So that Drive definitely time. plays a factor. You know, that's going to fire up the boys, but I think I see him getting in the end zone in a little uh, jubilee slide, and um, yeah, I'd say start Ty Chandler. Now, here are the sit-ems. First things first, Isaiah Pacheco. I'm sorry. I love him. He's on my own team. I literally have him starting at the moment, contemplating about taking him out. I just don't know who I would replace him with. But it's a great matchup. Chiefs, Eagles, and the Eagles have the best run defense in the league, ranked first. And Pacheco's been a little bit slower these past couple. I think they had a bye, and the two weeks before that, he hasn't put up his best numbers. So he's scaring me a little bit. Um, So I would advise you to sit him. If there's another option, don't be hesitant about it. Sit Pacheco. Other guy. And slow season, took a lot of hate, but he's been playing great. Boom, I just rhymed. That was hype. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but these are his numbers in the past four games. 15 points. 10 points, 15 points, 18 points. You love that. You love that of anybody. If someone's going to give that to you, you're going to take it any day of the week. But almost how I said sick Gus Edwards and he didn't do great against the Browns, this player is going against the Browns' sixth-ranked run defense, and it's Najee Harris. And, of course, he's been playing good, but obviously he almost how bad players are due for a good game. He's been playing good. He's he's due for a bad game. So I think you got to sit him. I think it's only right. It's only fair. Um yeah, you know, these are just our takes. I think I'm a little hot right now. I think I love Ali's takes, but um, listen, start, sit, do what you want. It's America. You got your rights. Do what you want, but uh, listen Fucking to us. Fucking rights. Listen to us. Wow. I mean, that's that got me fired up. up. I mean, fired up um and we're ready to get into it and you know what i love i'm just gonna get a little sentimental here really quick what i love about a podcast and how it differs from a project you know you got a project let's set the scene a little bit do a little monologue maybe it's seventh grade right and you're performing in history class you get up you have one of those awkward boners and you don't really know what to do (laughs) but you're speaking from a script you're not you're not Tuck behind the light and you're speaking from a script. You're not speaking from a heart. And what I love about a podcast is, you know, it's free flowing and you got to love that. So what we're going to do with the NFL, because there's so much to talk about, we don't have any one topic. We're just going to get right into it. And However, 
That's honestly the beauty the of beauty this. The beauty of is it. that we 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 are in a room in a podcast room and we can just discuss and enjoy and smile and it's fun. Okay, so let's get into let's it. Let's get into it. I guess the first thing structured that we're going to talk about though are the Texans because my God, they have come out of nowhere. They are projecting three South. wins. At the beginning of the season, and now they're at five. They're at five and four. If the playoffs were to start right now, they would be in them. I don't know if it's D'Amico Ryan's probably might be coach of the year, if not Dan Campbell. I don't know if it's that young guy at OSU, CJ Stroud. But my God, this team is exciting. They're firing me up. Tank Dell, shout Tank out, fun. Tell. I mean, let's get into it. I mean. I mean He's unreal. He's two, unreal. Two two weeks ago, you have the performance of a lifetime from a rookie. I think he set the all-time, like, either rookie record or all-time record for, like, most passing yards in, like, an NFL game. 400-something, like, five touchdowns, and they got the win. I mean, Stroud is unbelievable. Finding his young connection with Tank Dell and the third-year vet, Nico Collins. And it's pretty crazy to see. And, and, and also, like, not to mention, nobody thought Stroud was going to be First of all, the best rookie quarterback this year, but also he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He's playing like the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He really is. He and is literally like very well might win the MVP, which is it's, it's not even insane. talk of like rookie of the year. It's talk like of a oh my god MVP. Yeah. Like that's unreal, unreal. Representing H Town, proving the haters wrong. You gotta love it. You can't Shout hate out Frankie. on it. Shout you out can't Frankie. hate on it. Just like the guy said, I don't take tests. I ball. Boom. And you got a guy in D'Amico Ryan who, and you love to see it. I love saying you love to see it, but you love to see it. Those player coaches, those guys that are going to get your guys fired up and ready to go to bat for you. You know what I mean? I mean, right now, I think he's either sitting at first or second for favor to win coach of the year. And and for good reason. 100%. Again, they were projected three wins at the beginning of the year. And right now, they're above 500. They have a playoff spot. And they just went in to Cincinnati, a very hard environment. And they won. And they did it in great fashion. I think the final score was 27 to 24. Obviously, Tyler Boyd missed that catch at the end of the game. And you hate to see that. But you love to see him, um, CJ Stroud, putting up a masterclass performance and doing a little two-minute drill, getting down inside the 30, kicking a field goal, boom, you win. You win, young fella. You win, and you love to see it. Yeah, 100%. They're, they're in a good spot right now. Yeah. All right, I guess next thing, I, there's a plethora of things to talk about, but I want to talk about the Raiders. Yeah, and honestly. We kind of we touched on them last week. How were they 5-5? Five and five? How are they five and five? You know, they're five and five, and you see them lighting the cigars. You see Max Crosby bumping babyface Ray in the locker room, and, and it's Love a culture it. change. And it all and, starts. And, wait, no, he went into the. Stadium with what jersey? Ron Artest. Ron Artest. Yeah. And again, I love it. it's almost a walk into Yo Trap, take over Yo Trap yeah, A. Literally, and that. it's a little yeah. Steven Jackson. We ride together, fam. And it just sets the tone. It's a precedent. And that all starts with McDaniels getting the fuck out of there because he was a little power hungry and didn't want to take advice from anybody. And it's a guy like Pierce that's going to come in and is going to be trusting of his players and is going to get his guys fired up pregame and postgame. And it's going to say, hey, let's work hard this week week let's win let's have a little fun and then we're right back to it but he's doing it in a way that keeps them engaged that keeps the fans engaged and that's why they've won their past two games now hold on okay stop the brakes slam on them because i think it's a bit of a fluke 
No, it's a fluke. I think I think, I think I think they've won a few games that have surprised some others. But let's not let's not get it twisted. They might make the playoffs, but they probably won't. They probably won't. And if they do, they will lose. And they're, they're not that good of a team, yeah. but it's exciting to see teams like this, you know, kind of thrive throughout the season. And uh, it's exciting to see the Chargers not be that great because, like, fuck the Chargers and they really don't have a fan base. Boom. And, and shout-out to the Lions for beating them. Great win. Thank you, thank you. But nonetheless, obviously it's great to see them, you know, fire McDaniels and get two good wins with their coach. But... Those good wins aren't against good teams, no, and you, and you not need something. Whether if it were, if they if they beat somebody like the fucking Eagles or the Chiefs, then you make them like then then you're thinking, okay, wow, they're, they're for real. But you know the Giants, that's not really saying much. Come on now, let's be real. And the Jets, almost the same thing. Of course, a great defense, but. They're not great. They're mids. So when you get that real win, call me Raiders. Shout out Fani. All right, kind of an underwhelming team, the Bills. I mean, of course, they've been Super Bowl contenders for the past whatever years. They got Josh Allen. They got Diggs. But this team is falling apart. They fired Dorsey. They lost to the Poverty Broncos, who, I mean, may not be that poverty. No, they're Sean, poverty. They're Sean poverty. Payton's taken over, but, but they're not they're anywhere near where the Bills think they are. I hate the Bills, And just right? like Trevon a, said, since Big Bro came over, that's that's the only reason Josh Allen good. Exactly. Um, oh, my oh, my God. God. Oh, wow. my God. Now, we got a special caller in. I mean, you can hear the reaction on us. I really wasn't expecting Wait, this. Was this crazy. is a lifelong Bills fan, RJ Carroll. We're going to bring him in right now. RJ, RJ, welcome. RJ, you're live on the air. Um, Hold on. Now, can the yeah, say it can again? You, RJ, you're back. You're back. I'm back. I'm back. Oh, wow. Wow. That fires me up. All RJ, right. so I'm going to give you a little intro. Ladies and gentlemen, this is RJ Carroll out of the University of Wisconsin, Birmingham made boy. Um, we're here on the podcast right now and we're talking Bills. Now, you're a good friend of mine. You're a good friend of Ollie's. And we know that you love the Bills. And you know that I hate the Bills. And right now, you're hating on the Bills a little bit. We got into the firing of Kevin Dorsey. We got into, you know, kind of the miscommunication between, you know, Diggs and Allen. But give me your takes. Is a man. What the fuck is going on, Carol? Wings and Bills football. What is happening? Um, I mean, to be quite frank, it's affecting my mental health. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think like the change at the OC, like I understand, like changes need to be happened. But, like when your team's like underperforming, you need to make front office changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, his team sucked, but the players were not performing for him. I mean, like some of those inter- like. Some of those interceptions on Monday, like the one through Gabe Davis's hands, yeah. like he was wide open. That's not the OC fault. Like yeah. got to catch that ball. That's not, that's not even on uh, Allen. It's not even on Allen. No, not even on Allen. And I, I was going to say that too. I mean, I mean, I thought like pretty much all I could think about is how much the Bills suck. And um, I just look at Twitter. It's like I think I was getting kind of unlucky a little bit. I mean, you're going to think I'm crazy, but this is like the lowest like turnover worthy play rate of his career and he's mm-hmm. got like the most interceptions in the NFL. He's got the same turnover worthy play percentage as CJ Stroud who's got two interceptions. So hopefully like I think like they're putting too much pressure on him. I don't know why James Cook doesn't get the ball more. He's good. Yeah. I he mean they, they they um, benched him as soon as he fumbled it, so it makes you wonder yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they put out a like forty five year old in Latavius Murray. Yeah. Um and then he comes back in, he's really good, but it's too little too late. But we don't have that many weapons. I mean, our defense is like 
banged up. I mean, you saw DeMar had to come on the field. He's like the second string practice squad player at the start of the year. <laughs> and I mean, they're playing, to be honest, like the players who are out there are not very good and they're playing really hard. So yeah. I don't really have a problem with the defense. I mean, when we get healthy, we're good. I mean, there's nothing you can really control about players having season ending injuries like Milano and Tredavious White. But, um, I mean, the Broncos started their average field position is like the 40 something yard line, yep. which is just like terrible. Yep. And we only let up 24 points, only let up 24 points to the Bengals. Thought they would hang like 40 up on us yep. with that defense. But I don't know. Hopefully a scheme change helps because it's either, other than Diggs and Kincaid, it's either the other wide receivers can't or the scheme sucks. So we're going to figure that out. We'll see. I mean, again, I've been talking about Kincaid's on the podcast, lit. Kincaid yeah. is a dog, yeah, right? Like, dog. I picked him up four yeah, weeks ago, and really almost good. how Sam Sam Laporte is playing good for the Lions. Yeah. Kincaid, as much as I hate to admit it because it's you, Kincaid's playing great. Now, you have a I, tough I, end of the season, right? You, you're going and you're playing the Jets at home, which I think you guys can pick that up. But you're away at the Eagles. You're away at the Chiefs. You're playing the Cowboys. You're away at the Chargers. I think you pick up a win against the Patriots, and you're away at the Dolphins. I do not envy you guys one bit. AFC East, probably the second or third hardest division, maybe even first in your opinion, in the NFL. But it's going to be tough for you guys. You guys are sitting at 5-5, five and five, 500 even, at the 10 seed in a seven-spot playoff race. So we'll see where you guys stand, so, Ollie. Yeah, I, I want a prediction. So, RJ, let, let, let's, let's get a prediction on where you guys end up because my prediction right now is – I'm being so serious, Arge. I'm sorry, but dude, I don't know if you guys are going to make it. I don't think you are either. RJ, unbiased, please talk to us. What, like, record prediction? Or if we make I mean, the if you make the playoffs or not. If you make the playoffs, simple. I just read you who um, you're playing the remainder of the season, all these away games. I mean, he knows in the back of his head. I mean, yeah, I know who's playing the remainder of the season. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we go 9-8. and eight. If that gets us in a sneak this in, it does. If it doesn't, I mean, I don't think we have a good enough team to do anything good in the playoffs if we sneak in, like, seven spots. We have no, like, we have no chance. I mean, we have no chance to contend. I mean, it's it's pretty much over with. They're going to, players are going to keep trying. Um, I think, yeah, I think we beat the Jets this weekend, hopefully. Uh, we'll probably lose the Eagles. Um, I mean, and this is the thing. It doesn't matter if we're playing the Cardinals. Yep. Every game he plays gonna be a one score yep. game and it's gonna go down the wire. Yep. I think That's just I think just how your season's gonna end nine and eight, a nail biter. All these games, whether it's against, yeah, against I mean, a good team or a bad team, nail biter. Same thing with the Giants yeah, when think, you played them. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we're gonna get blown out by any team. I just I don't think we're good enough to blow the Patriots out either. Like this I said before the Broncos. 100%. Game, like, yep. Somebody said like the Bills are gonna win, win by twenty. I said we're not good enough to win by twenty. Yep. And I, we appreciate you for being so yeah, Ali, did modest. You have a- yeah, so RJ, a frequently asked question between me and Cooper. We honestly discussed late night this a lot. Have you ever jerked after a really good Bills game, like two of the games? Like where it just gets you hard, it gets you fired up, it gets the blood rush into that muscle. And you're just penis. like, yeah, hey, yeah. I might do it. Yeah. <laughs> that- this, wasn't, this wasn't a night game, the Dolphins game. That got you fired up? I was on top of the world. I mean, I thought that right there before, like, actually the end of that game, Tredavious White got hurt. It's fine, it though. 48 to 20 you, was a statement did game. Did you answer the did you do? You did you have, jerk? Um, That night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To the Bills. Okay. So you the, came. Yeah, because, yes. because of the game. Because yeah, of the game. Because okay. The, right. that, okay. So I'm happy the question is worth asking. Yeah. 
it's a frequently asked question, like they say in class, and I- I'm really happy for you because yeah. that, that they're they're gonna be okay regardless because Josh Allen's a good guy and, and Buffalo's and you're a good gonna city, keep coming and that fem- think, that, that think, fan base is gonna stay, so it's gonna be okay. Yeah, I just think um, it's a, it's an off year, but I don't think there should be any like decline. We're not in like a rebuilding situation. Not at all. Not at all. I expect, I expect us to want to win the Super Bowl again next year mm-hmm. and the year after that. So Josh Allen's because Josh Allen's entering his prime, and it's all going to be okay because that fan base is stronger than ever. Yep. Now, let me mention one more thing, like which doesn't help, is that so the Bills suck, but I thought it had the Sabers. Don't have the Sabers. Don't have the Sabers. What, what happened to the Sabers? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Tage Thompson underwhelming. Yeah, Rasmus Dahlin underwhelming. It's tough right my, now. It's tough my and favorite, buff. Listen, listen this. Listen this. Crazy story. My favorite. My favorite Buffalo like fan account meme page sort of thing. Okay. Had to just deleted their account because no. Oh my god. Oh my Deleted? god. I mean, even for me, if everything pissed, shout out everything pistons. If my favorite team's main account deleted, I would be heartbroken. That's a very valid take, RJ. He said like he said it was like a five paragraph caption, just like describing like how like he like can't handle it anymore. Oh that my like, god. So it's even taking it's toll on real mental I, health. Wait, okay, okay. RJ I, I know RJ and I know this has been a challenging year for you, but I'm begging you and I'm eager for you. I think this is your time to shine. Let's restart that account with you. Yeah. As the owner. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Why not? That would be kind of fun. That would be kind of funny. Look, if you guys don't know, we're trying to be world-class podcasters, just as RJ is already a world-class broadcaster. But yes. I think the next you know, I think, step I think in your journey is the would be account. to be the yes. Instagram fan account. I think that's a great thing to put on that LinkedIn, that resume. And I think that gets, I think that gets Mike Tirico and NBC saying, hey, this kid could be the next young buck. He can 100%. do both social media and the play-by-play. 100%. That would be funny. Um, I could probably do a pretty good job. I think, I think you, you do a great too. job. I think you could too. Look, RJ, it was great having you call in. We appreciate it, buddy. I love you. I'll RJ, see you I love soon. you. Thank you so much. Yeah, let me. I also took this with an 100 fever. So, wow. Oh my God. I mean, that's dedication right there, fresh yeah. out of the yeah. shower, dedication. I do believe. Dedicate, yeah. But I'll be home soon. Health, happy and healthy. Happy and 100%. healthy. Penny and Barkley. Shout out to Anna Carroll. RJ, we I'm appreciate it. I'm getting the roof now. Oh, yeah, he is yep. getting the root canal. So okay. we pray for a speedy recovery. Yeah. We pray for that fever to go away. RJ, RJ I hope you're going to be okay. I'm praying for you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Good pot, good show, good content. I'm going to listen in. Love right. it. Love okay. you, RJ. Love. Love you. I'll see you. Oh, goodbye. Anna, 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 Anna. Wow. I mean, that was phenomenal. Of course, you love a guy like RJ who comes onto the show and just brings you a smile, a sense of serenity. I loved it. Yep. Thank you, RJ. Let's talk about by far, and it's not even close, the best division in the NFL. And I, I was just looking at the numbers. It's actually unreal. The AFC North. Yeah. I mean, you got the Ravens at seven and three, the Steelers at six and three, the Browns at six and three, and the Bengals at five and four. I mean, nobody would have predicted that. If nobody anything, would have predicted that at the beginning of the Bengals season. Bengals at the top. So 
First of all, the Ravens are unreal. Unbelievable. They, they actually could make the Super Bowl this year. And they're they, doing it in phenomenal fashion. 100%. I mean, as a Lions fan, they they booty tickled us. I mean, and we walked into their trap, yeah. and we did not take over no, their trap. No. I think it was a but, 38 but I don't think, loss. But I don't think anybody would right now. Like I actually think they would lose to every team right now if they went into Baltimore. Because no. they've got that swag. They've got that heart right now. And they're healthy. And Odell Beckham scored a touchdown the past two weeks. I yeah, love that. Love that. And you love to see it for the culture. Chemistry of Baltimore, and they even went into Seattle. They said, "Fuck you, twelfth man," and we're gonna kill you. Yeah. And they actually beat them by, I think, thirty. And they shut down Kenneth Walker. They shut down Geno Smith. They shut down every asset that they had in offense. So, as impressive as Lamar Jackson in the offense has been. The defense, the is defense has been impressive. great. The defense has and been great. It's, it's shout really out to Boye Mafe though. He had a big, he had a big. Uh, I think he has a fumble. Shout out Hopkins, RTH, Seahawks. They didn't win, but that's that's huge for the program. Wow. Kind of love to see that. Yeah. Um, all right, straying away from the Ravens, the Steelers. Shout out Luigi. Shout out Lil Giddy because. Mike Tomlin is a blank coach of all time. Yeah. I think you got to no, say he's a dog. He's a dog. Uh, top five, Love a him. top three, a top ten, something because the man refuses to lose. I think the stat is that he's never had a losing season yeah. ever. I think he's got only one championship under his belt. But right now, the Steelers are not good. Sorry, I just burped a little bit, but it's no, they, they don't have a good team. They don't no, have. A good I mean, team. they don't. Obviously, they have good players. Yeah. You got Watt, of course, and you got Pickens, and you got Najee. But it's this methodical coaching where you're running the right plays on offense and defense. You're holding teams to abysmal point totals, and, and you're doing just enough to drain that clock on offense, get that first down to wind it down so you can get in victory formation and win. And, and they're 6-3 and three right now. And they're 4-1 and one in their last five. I mean, it's, it's crazy to see. Truthfully, I love to see it. I mean, again, also shout out to Trust no, I, because I, yeah. that man is fired up, and I love when Trust gets fired up. Oh shout out, God. shout out, my boy T. Um, um, but yeah, let, all right. Let's talk about my favorite team besides the Vikes. The Vikes right now. That's the Cleveland Browns. The motherfucking dog pound. I love it. They are playing with the most swag in the NFL right now, and it's not even close. That defense is un. Real and their offense is also unreal. You kind of love to see Amari Cooper get brought up and have yep. this unreal season. Yep. You know, you got Nick Chubb. Yep. You got Deshaun. Yep. And you got fucking Miles Garrett. Yeah. Who's actually playing like a stud. I mean, he's a god. He's a god. He's a god. And I love this costume. I hate for Halloween. That was that a while ago. But what happened to Nick Chubb happened, and it's awful. But a guy like Jerome Ford stepping up to the plate and saying, "Hey." Big bro, I got you. I'll be that running back for this exactly. team just as you were. And they're doing just fine. They're doing just fine without Nick Chubb. And I'm sure Nick Chubb loves to see it. Any Browns fan or any Browns player loves to see it. And they got guys in the offseason like Elijah Moore, who's a great Love wide receiver Love Elijah Moore. Too. He's so good. David Njoku, probably the most underrated tight end in his villain arc and, after and that burn. A big he's tough. And I, okay, I want to bring up a point that I think everyone can relate to, my listeners. Um, David Njoku, he's an old guy. And he is you. You, know, you always get him on your fantasy team. He's just like fuck it, whatever. I need yeah, a tight end, yeah. and he actually never does shit. But this season, for some reason, he's played a little bit better than the rest. And and and, and it's so frustrating. I'm sorry, but like I've had him for like four or five years in a row, and mm-hmm. I'm always like, God, fuck David Nujoku. But finally, he's starting to do a little bit better, and that is due to this exciting Cleveland Browns team this season yeah. and Deshaun Watson, to be honest. Yeah. 
I mean, you bring them in and you got a winning culture and you love to see it for the Browns. Picking up so many big wins. Again, we just talked about the Ravens. They beat the Ravens. We talk about the Niners. They beat the Niners. So they got a lot of wins under their belt. They're dogs. Unlike almost how we talked about the Raiders not getting big wins. Browns proving themselves. You love to see it. And Bengals. Bengals. What the fuck? It's I mean, still not even bad. No, though. they're not it's bad. Five they're and five four. and four, and they—they. They, I really hope they make the playoffs because I love seeing Burrow in the playoffs. I do. It's one of those things. It's like the icy white uniforms last year. It's so tough. It's sexy, but they're having a bad year. They're having a bad year. Bad year for themselves for sure. But and it's like the press conferences. You can see it. Burrow's fucking pissed. Like, yeah. like he was. He called out a commentator the other day. Like, yeah. it, what's going on? I don't really know. I don't know if it's miscommunication on the defense, on the offense. I think the team needs to come together. Obviously, you know, referencing um, press uh, press conferences, Jamar Chase said, hey, throw me the fucking ball. I'm open every time. I think ever since then, he's had over 100 receiving yards and yeah. a touchdown in every game. No, he's so a it's, dog. He's it's a dog. things like that where but that's they got to get the thing. on track it's not, with each other. Like, it's not Jamar's – this is not on Jamar. It's not on oh, – no. It's 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 a little bit on the coaching. It's a little bit on I don't know. Like there's not as great as people think they are. And also, maybe it's time for them not to, maybe maybe they're on the downfall though. Like maybe that's just like they're not as good as everyone thinks they are. It's true. I mean, they're, they're still, they're not, they're I don't still see young them. and they're still fun. But and I think it's time to snap, you know, click. And, and, and again, I do think it is on the coaching because the coaching is where you bring the team together and you make sure everybody's on the same page. And I think they just got to get there because so, they got a lot of weapons. So hot take. They might, they, they, they really might not make the play. They might not. They really they might, might not. not make the play. And what's crazy is that they could. And if they do, then that probably means that all four teams in the AFC North are making the playoffs. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. It's going to be a really, really exciting end to the, you know, this last stretch of the year. Yep. I mean, you hear that and you think one, one of my thing. favorite songs. I mean, it's college hoops. It's college hoops. It's college hoops. It's college hoops. And a lot has transpired since the last episode. I mean, you got the Champions Classic. You got a couple of upsets. But let's get right into it. Last year, me, Oliver, two other friends, Nicholas, Brennan Cohn, shout out. We went down to downtown Indianapolis. And honestly, it's a tragedy we didn't make it happen this year. I know. And we, and we could have because Cohn is from Chicago yeah, and a, we could have. We definitely should have made Center. that happen. And next year we're making that happen. But last year we went. It was phenomenal. I believe it was what? Kansas, Duke, Michigan State. Kentucky. Kentucky and both games were phenomenal got to see a lot of star-studded players ball out but um this year it didn't disappoint it no, didn't disappoint not at all bit. not at all so Michigan State's had a honestly like I think the weirdest start to the season of any team I mean JMU. they lose they, lo- they lose the JMU and I think we talked about that last episode yeah. and then they have this huge game and they kind of disappoint they kind of I don't know like it's hard to say they played Duke so like they were expected to lose, but they didn't play that great. And then Cohen Carr like didn't do anything. Trey Holloman didn't really do anything. The only thing that's really going well for them right now is Tyson Walker. Hundred percent. I mean, he's they- he is holding them together by a thread. And if they didn't have him, they first of all they don't deserve to be ranked, and they wouldn't be ranked if they didn't yeah. have him. And he is literally their only. Like scoring, option I mean, the right guy now. is a flat out stud. I remember watching the game, and his jump from last year to this year is unreal, phenomenal. But I remember watching the game, 
and the dude took over. They were down by 11. He hits just the craziest step back three splash. Okay, then they get a stop. Now you see a little momentum shifting. He calls for a pick, waves it off, splits the defense, throws the lob. Crowd is fired up. Now you're down by six. All right, so you love what's going on with him. He's bringing that energy and that fire, but they just let it slip away. Of course, Malik Hall has been phenomenal for them. A big man who's even shooting the three. Feels like he's been on that that team forever. Exactly. He has been, 100%. But 7-11 from the field, 2-4 for from three, putting up 18 points. You love to see that. But what you don't love to see is players on Duke, like Kyle Filipowski, going 5-3, 0-4 from three. Um or 5-for-13, 0-for-4-from-3. Tyrese Proctor, 4-for-12, 1-for-5. Players that should be playing good, that aren't, that you can take advantage of, and you don't. So, yeah, so I watched a lot of Michigan State hoops last year, and last year it really came down to, Hogard was the main scorer last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was. So he had 8 assists versus Duke, which, that's big. And... Tyson Walker had 22. Aikens had 11. But it, it really does seem like that they go to Tyson Walker for everything on offense, which is disappointing because they have more options than that. I love seeing Jeremy Fears playing, by the way. I really like him. Yeah. All right, getting into this Duke um, game. I mean, Jared McCain, zero points. 0 for 5, 0 for 4. So is he a bust? Like, I, I, I think he's going to take, I, I think it's gonna take him some time. It's fine. It, so, it takes a lot of players. But, so Shire, though, it's weird because that, their game versus U of A, that he started McCain and benched Foster, and Foster didn't play that much. Foster's a lot better, in my opinion. I, like, mean, I think Foster's a much more polished and just better true point guard than McCain. Foster is the and reason I think he why proved they beat that, Michigan State. So he proved that in the Michigan State game. Foster had 18 points, and I, I believe he came off the bench. He came off the bench. Yeah. He shot 7 of 8 from the field, and he shot 4 of 5 from 3. But they've got a lot of really good guards in this team. I mean, Tyrese Proctor is going to be a top 5 pick in the NBA draft, first of Jeremy all. Jeremy Roach. Jeremy yeah. Roach has been on the team forever. He's a great point guard. He's the leader of their team. Yeah, and, and you love seeing Filipowski come back. Hundred percent. You know that he could have been a first great. rounder. Hundred percent. But he wants to win, and I think that they could win because their team is deep. I think that Arizona game was and Duke, phenomenal. And Duke because always Arizona's so good. Duke is always one of those teams that just gets better throughout the year. They always yeah. catch their stride, like right, like February, mm-hmm. March area. When so it I'm really excited. Matters. I'm really excited to see what they can do. But John Shire. Please bench Jared McCain. Give him some time to adapt to the college Develop game. Develop st- a little bit. Let this let this boy Caleb Foster. If you're going to start one of them, start Caleb Foster. Yeah, and stop making TikToks. All right, let's be real because yeah, it's taken it's, away it's, from it's, it's taken away. It's from a little practice. much. All right, let's get into the better game of the Champions Classic: KU Kentucky, an all-out blue blood classic. And I loved it. It was a phenomenal game to watch. KU proved they win the game 89-84 and they proved that they should be the number one team in the country for a reason. And And that is why DeWan Harris comes back. Kevin McCuller, who's honestly the glue to their team, comes back. KJ Adams, the most athletic player in college basketball, comes back and they get... Probably the best, the, the best, best player tra- yeah, in, the, in college basketball transfer from Michigan. 100% the best transfer. Hunter, Hunter Dickinson. Dick. Big Dick Dickinson. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they showed I, I do. I'm why. making a prediction, though. I think he has a showed. Ooh. Really? I don't think he backs that up. Why? Can I get, like... He just strikes me as someone where, like, you know, he's like, yeah, whatever, I'm Hanu. Like, gets with a hot girl, and then she pulls it down, and he's like, she's like, oh, wow. Was not expecting it to be that small and, like, chunky. The rebounds and points are there. Dick, not there. No. Okay. All right, I understand. Yeah. But anyways, getting a little sidetracked, the team balled out. I mean, 
you look at the stats and their splits from the field are did you fart no a little bit it's fine um you look at this team in their splits and they are just actually jaw dropping you have all of their big players stepping up dewan harris put up 23 points seven assists again he's not a scorer by any means but when he shoots five for six from three that's how you know the team's going to win, 7 for 12 from the field. Then you got Hunter Dickinson, who I'm actually going to come back to him because what he did was just actually incredible. K.J. Adams, actually the most athletic player no, in college yeah, basketball. Said, Again, yeah, I'll say it. He's, he's he could unreal. play linebacker for any 100%. power five team. But the dude put up 16 points, 8 for 11 from the field. And I remember a play where it was a half-court alley The Chiefs actually sign him. Like, actually. They should, because they need help on yeah. D, and he could help them out a lot. But I remember a play where they threw him a half-court lob. He caught it, slammed it down, and the whole place went, I mean, fired up. Like, rock chalk. Uh, Jayhawks Nation was there, and they were there to stay, and that fired up. The uh, only thing I will say about the Jayhawks, and I think this is going to hurt them later in the season— I mean, if they don't develop, they don't. They're not that deep. Like their no, starting lineups, no. really, really good. But and looking, then their looking, bench put up their, four points. Their bench put up four points, and I don't like I, none of these guys are like known guys at all. Like I'm assuming they're young. I don't even know them, so I'm not going to comment that much. But like that, that is something that could severely hurt them. Their 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 starters are star studded, but their bench is really bad. Parker Braun. That's got to be Christian Braun's brother. Bra- I mean, they gotta gotta look at the picture. Yeah, no, look yeah. at him. 100%. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, that's him. Um, anyways, though, great game from them. And I said I was going to come back to him. Hunter Dickinson put up one of the best college performances of all time because to do it in a neutral site, not even just at home, Start of the and season. to do it against such a good Kentucky team is crazy to think about. The dude put up 27 points in 21 Rebounds. I mean, he went eight for twelve from the field, and what's really impress and one for two from three. But what's really impressive is obviously your big man. You're going to get a lot of touches down low, and you're going to get fouled a lot. So they're going to send you to the line. And something that I like that will translate over to the game. And obviously, you got guys like him, like Luca Garza, who you know that they're not going to develop well in the NBA, and they're good in college. Flashback: but, Ethan Happ. Let's ooh, go, let's go. love that. Shout out Badgers. But ten. For 11 from the free throw line. Yeah. And NBA scouts are going to love to see it, and he's going to love to see that. Yeah, he's a good shooter. Um, but but that's what is that, that's what win games. We talk about it, free throws. They played a great Also, game. shout out to Juan Harris, seriously, because he's been that's on that team it. for I mean, a while. Unreal. I mean, he's more, he's almost what like Jeremy Roach is for Duke. I mean, he had 23 points. Yeah. He's never done that. Is that like five for six from three? It is actually unreal. Unreal. And that's how you know that they're going to win the game. And they did it in comeback fashion, and you love to see it. They got big plays from their big-time players, of course. Their bench is not that deep. Yeah. But that starting line, it's really scary. It is the best starting line in all of college basketball. Okay, so everyone, don't be super freaked out, because I know when you see it, you're going to be freaked out. Kentucky's 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. Kentucky always needs a little bit of time. They've yeah. never been a team to be really good right away, and that's because they reload every single year and it takes a while to get that chemistry up. They are going to be okay because we saw a lot of good things out of this game. First of they're, all, they're two and one. They're two and one. Only loss was two. Yeah. No, no they're two and two. Oh, shit. My bad. They're two and two. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it was a bad loss, but yeah. it's okay because I thought they were going to get fucked. Like, I actually thought they were going to get killed. But, I mean, they were they in were, the they game, and they were leading for most of it, so I'm actually pretty happy to see that. But DJ Wagner, you did not step up to the plate. You had four points. You really played shitty. Your field goal percentage was awful. 
But the other freshman that I did really love to see was my Mo guy, OTE elite alum, Rob Dillingham, Shifty. I mean, I mean come on. Off the bench, 18 baller. points, three assists. Baller. I loved it. Baller. baller. Swag. I, mean, he, I loved it. He hooped. Like, when you see a freshman doing that, that gets you fired up, right? I mean, putting up 18 points, shooting 80% from three, phenomenal. Um, Reeves, the senior, the glue guy, he played horrible. Of course, he's going to get his touches in. He's going to get his shots in. But 24 points and 8 rebounds on paper looks great. Shot 3 for 17 from 3-point alone. 7 of 25 from the field. That's horrible. You got to do a better job. And you got to think. And only one assist. So you got to think to yourself, okay, and Justin Edwards is supposed to be a lot better than Exactly. That and he, he didn't hit a single shot from the field. And you no. got to think, shots aren't falling. Let me feed my guys Shepard and Dillingham, right? Reed and Rob. But that's R &R. the thing is that they, they're both 18 years old yeah. and they both come off the bench. So it's that's what I'm saying. Like Kentucky did show a lot of good things. The fact yeah. that Reed Shepard, I. I did not think he was ready to do that, but I love to see it. Yeah. 13 points off the bench. He's a good time. He's a big time player. Gabe Cups is best friend, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I love it. They're going to get a lot better throughout the season, and they're going to need some time. Yeah. I, I trust in Calipire, though. I All do. right. So, straying away from the past games at the Classic, let's just talk about college hoops in general. I mean, it's in a good place. We're at a starting spot. IU's got a huge game versus UConn at the Garden. Yep. Um, no need to analyze that. We'll just see what happens, and we'll talk about it after. Because we gonna win. We gonna win. Go get that dub, Hoosiers. And um, I, I want to talk about my favorite team in college basketball right now, and then Coop will go. So my favorite team in college basketball is the Arizona Wildcats, and I'm a little biased because I love U of A, and it's one of my favorite schools and places in the world. And their basketball team's really, really good this year, and I didn't really expect it. You know, they have a really tough game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, and they go in and they literally beat them beat them and it was really surprising no one really thought they were going to win that game at least i didn't you know you got kasha johnson who's kind of a surprising player he's averaging 15 points a game and seven rebounds a game i did not think he was going to do that well kylan boswell finally living up to his potential where he's averaging 13 points a game five rebounds three assists two steals a game which is really surprising and you, you really love to see it omar balo who's been one of my favorite players for a while now huge guy um, international player who's really stepping up to the plate. And lastly, someone who I'm not the biggest fan of, but I'm going to give him his props, Caleb Love. Yeah. I mean, I mean huge transfer. Huge transfer. And so it was, it was almost nostalgic seeing him go back into Cameron Indoor and win that game. He didn't even have that crazy of a game. I think he only had like 13 points or something. But, but his heart was but there. The he heart even was had there. the Tar Heels for life written on 100%. his... 100%. And that's, it always so, is going to mean so, a lot. So that's, that why, that's why I'm going to bring up... I, I'm going to give him his props because that was really heartwarming to see because they had a little shaky relationship, him in North Carolina. And he writes that on his shoe. It's really nice to see him do that at Duke. They get the win. I think he's always had some maturity problems, and I have my own issues with him, and we're, we're not going to go there. But yeah. they're, they're a good team, and there's someone to fear. They're a deeper team than everyone thinks. They're going to make some noise, and they in a weak Pac-12, I, I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah. Um. You love what you're seeing from Arizona, but also a top dog right now. And this is my take, and this is Luke's take. Unfortunately, yeah. Luke did have to depart because he is a scholarly student. A motherfucking scholar. You so, know, Luke, we, we we pride you in going to class and skipping this because you'll be back next time. No, clap it up for him. Um, 
but something that he'll we will be both, at the IU UConn game. Coming he will in be there. He will be there. MSG, shout out. But something that me and him were talking about is a team that is looking so scary that has a big matchup coming up on the 20th against UCLA. But Marquette, ranked fourth in the country, and they are playing their ball. We talked about Hunter Dickinson, but we don't talk enough about Tyler Kolick, senior guard, one of the best players in NCAA right now, and he's, and he's playing his basketball, right? Like, you're going to go out and you're going to get two easy wins against, what, Northern Illinois and, and some other poverty team and win by 30 points. And he's going to put up 14 points, six points, but his, his assists are there, six assists, four, and, and he's not taking too many shots. Shot 75 from three in the first one, shot 62% from the field. But when it really mattered most was when they were at Illinois, 23rd in the country, and they win 71-64, to and he steps up and he says, okay, let's be for real, it's my time to shine. 24 points, 4 assists, 6 rebounds, 50% from 3 and the field. He's going out there and he's showing why he's a leader on this team. But really, my favorite player on this team and who's playing the best, junior out of Memphis. Tennessee Cam Jones actually balling right now. He's a dog. I mean, these are his splits. I mean, these are his stats right now. 20 points, 23 points, 15 points. Big numbers in big games in his assists are there. Four, four assists, four assists, six rebounds, five rebounds. And he's shooting great from the field. But this team is coming together, and it's one of those non-blue blood teams where you see it all the time that are going to sneak in and be a top 10 team the throughout top, the season. Yeah. And, and they've got Ranked depth. number four right now. They've got depth. They've got uh, leadership and seniority. And it's a team that can make a deep run, and it's scary to see. Yeah, we'll they got a happens. big they got a big game versus UCLA on the twentieth. So we'll I mean they, they should win that game easily, but yep. we'll, we'll see what happens. It's a big game. Yep. Go blue. I mean, it's it's the game, the game, the game. I know we're at Indiana. We're Indiana students. Unfortunately, we don't really have a, a football team to root for as we're three and seven. Um but I grew up a Michigan fan. You know, going to the Jaffe tailgate. This, th- this one's going to hit home. Th- this one is going to hit home. Going to the Jaffe tailgate, eating some good pastrami and lox early in the morning, a little cup of matzo ball soup and a cup of coffee to start my day. And, and I was fired up, playing a little touch football. And then we would head over to the big house. I mean, there's not a stadium like it, largest capacity, and I think any sport in the world, um, especially in college football, of course. But truthfully, one of the, no, not even one of the the best rivalry in probably all of sports. Not not just professional, not just collegiate. The best rivalry in collegiate football, the best rivalry of any sport. And Michigan, and, and, and you know what gets me so fired up? I actually have goosebumps right I now. See it's, I see them. I see them. It's on my Google even. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever seen the post on Instagram? And I love this. Is like I I, I remember seeing this in like whenever how how old were we when Ezekiel Elliott played? I mean, he's got to be like seventh, eighth seventh grade. grade yeah. All right, so he posted on Instagram, and this is the best Instagram post of all time. We don't give, and they do the X when they say whatever the M is. We don't give a damn yeah. about the whole state of Michigan because yeah. they really don't give a fuck. They do not care, no. and they're gonna step on their face, and they're gonna do it. OSU is gonna win that fucking game. Wow. Go fuck yourself because I think quite the no, contrary. Fuck JJ McCarthy's no, fucking quite the contrary. This is arguably talk about something the else best. besides you're missing your coach. Play like get ready for the biggest game of your fucking life. This is arguably the biggest 
and best team that Michigan has ever had. And they like, always in the, choke. In the, in, the, in the past 20 years. Um, you know, last year we beat OSU, and then we lose to TSU. I can't even say we, but Michigan loses to TCU, and but, but we beat OSU, right? And we win the Big Time Championship. Year before that, I was at the game, stormed the field, got an MIP actually, and um, stormed the field. And it was the first time we won in I forget however many years, but it was it was unbelievable being there next to Hutch, next to Jim Harbaugh. But the culture that they have right now in Ann Arbor is unprecedented with everything happening, the whole scandal, everything with Jim Harbaugh. You know, it's tough to see. He's obviously not going to be on the sideline, but he is allowed to coach throughout the week. But his players and former players are really, like, taking it to heart. You obviously see the whole Twitter stream of bet, of, of bet, bet, bet. You got Tom Brady saying it. You got J.J. McCarthy. You got Mike Sanders still, dad words, everybody just coming and having their coaches back. And you love to see it. And that's a culture that's being started and something that's going to be carried on throughout the week. They so, have an easy game this week against Maryland. But it is Thanksgiving break, so we won't be able to give you a podcast. However, over Thanksgiving break, I will be going to this game. And Ali said that OSU will win. I think that Michigan wins. They haven't really done anything to prove why they are the so-called best team in the nation. Um, Same thing with Georgia. They didn't really play any good teams up until this week. Georgia beat Ole Miss in a big fashion. Michigan walked into Happy Valley, PSU, and they win. So both these teams have big wins under their belts, and they're showing why they're ranked what they're ranked i think but this but this michigan team is deep it, it takes jj mccarthy eight throwing attempts seven for eight 60 yards no touchdowns no interceptions to win right because you got a guy like blake Corum, who's arguably the best running back in college right now you got a guy like Edwards, who's arguably the best backup running back i mean that backfield is scary and i love cornelius johnson colston loveland the the team is deep in the in the the defense is even better. I mean, you got so many weapons. Shout out Will Johnson, Quentin Johnson. Shout out my guy, Will Wallace, Johnson. Mike Sandra still. Yeah. Will Johnson's a boy. Makari Page. I mean, this team is scary. They're deep. I think they're going to say, hey, fuck you, Buck, and we're going to win. And it's that so, simple. And we'll so, be storming the field once again. Big so, 10 championship. Michigan come. So OSU was disrespected last year. Mm-hmm. And I give all the props to Michigan on winning that game. Last mm-hmm. year, they go out in the field. J.J. McCarty says, peace. The dame yeah. lowered. I loved it. In the shoe. In the shoe. This year, they're going to take that shit to heart. All right. I don't think J.J. McCarthy's focused. He's too worried about his coach. I get it. It sucks. Focus on the biggest game of your life because you're about to get smacked. That's my take. We'll see what happens. All right. It's bold. It's hot. I'll be at the game. We'll see what happens. Well, that about does it. A little round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. No, seriously, guys, you can, I, you can cut it out. Okay. I really appreciate the love. No. And for you guys listening, it's for real. really kind. For for how many people came up to us and said, great episode, we're going to stay tuned. I mean, that keeps us going, right? Please, please keep listening because we got real good shit coming. We got real good shit. We're going to take the week off for Thanksgiving. Go out, be with your family, eat some turkey, eat some stuffing, even a little kugel. please have some green bean casserole. Oh my god, you love it. That gets me fired up. And again, I hope that this podcast gets you fired up. Just like Bobby Fitton always says to the sororities after every party. Every party. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening again. We'll see you soon.